0: Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that goes on in the dark. Hi, my name is Tori. I'm Taylor Shay. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, guys. We're Hello. in a silly mood. Very silly mood. <laughs> I literally am so lazy that I'm all the way sunk down into my chair Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to get up to get a piece of paper so i just grabbed it with my feet no yeah with both of your feet both of my feet like claws but like the claws
1: but those are your your, your feet yeah Yeah, my feet um well today is her birthday it's my birthday
0: bitch
1: it's the birthday bitch yeah so we i'm um, older now okay. Uh, Am I going to so, get any
0: more mature? No. Absolutely
1: fucking not. No. So we had a good day so far. We went <laughs> out and got pedicures. Mm-hmm. I changed up and I got like a bright teal blue and it looks really good. Yeah. And then we got um, Starbies. We got mm-hmm. um, donuts. Donuts. Mm-hmm. And then we came home. We just kind of chilled out, took a nap. Mm-hmm. And then we went to our local state park and we had like a nice little picnic with mm-hmm. um, Wawa Perdez's treat, which was really sweet of him. Yeah. And we played some cards and we found out mm-hmm. the game Crazy 8s. It's, it's just, just Uno. Uno. It's just it's Uno.
0: Exactly like Uno. The only without difference, the Uno cards.
1: literally the only only difference, is that when you have one card, you don't say Uno. Yeah, that's it. Yep like and I was like what the actual fuck so that's pretty cool so we played that by a Mm -hmm. lake which was really really fun it was Mm -hmm. got a little bit chilly but now we're home and now we're gonna record and then Mm -hmm.
0: we're gonna do our nails because tomorrow we have a tea party yeah I'm having a birthday tea party because I'm a grown adult who wants to be celebrated at a tea party like a child
1: yes so we are going to go back to the place we went when we got our tattoos in February Mm -hmm. and Tay has a bunch of friends coming down it's gonna be great so it's gonna be a party of like six of us I'm very excited very excited so um, all these good things are happening today um but this case is gonna bring us right the fuck back down
0: you've told me nothing other than this is going to be very upsetting
1: yeah so i have been researching this case i want to (laughs) say so i actually am going to give a shout out to my brother's girlfriend whose name is also taylor um she gave she's she's been sending me a lot of true crime stuff recently which is awesome as hell um so she sent me this on may 25th and i started researching this on may 25th it is now june 9th Mm-hmm. so it has been how many days it has been i started researching on the 25th so it has been one two two weeks it's taken me at least two weeks to research this wow. um it, there is a documentary about it which i will quote a lot from which is a very well done documentary it's by mtv um it's very it's called the fire that took her mm. um there that i'm that's says a lot about the case yeah oh,
0: um geez.
1: it's very dv heavy so i'm gonna content warning for um i'm gonna say domestic violence um physical abuse um drug addiction arson um murder it's a pretty pretty rough case um some good things come out of it at the end and, and the person who you know is the victim unfortunately is very very brave and fortunately is no longer with us but um she is definitely mm-hmm. a force to be reckoned with um and before we get into it i kind of wanted to backtrack a little bit and mention the app i mentioned last episode um yes. about uh the ohana link app so I didn't really go into it as I was editing. I realized I hadn't really gone into it, but I yeah. kind of wanted to go into a little bit more detail and I didn't write anything down. So like if I'm all over the place, I apologize. Um, but so Ohana Link is essentially a um, a safe and secure way for DV survivors and people who are currently going through DV abuse um, to contact, um, what's the I'm thinking of? Victim service providers. Mm-hmm. So in the case that I, like my agency, um, if we, we were given... Um, a grant for this because you normally have to pay for it but we were given a grant oh, wow. for it because th- we won an award through domestic violence shelters.org um which is a national thing by the way <laughs> oh my god we had to apply for it but it's um we won the most improved shelter award which is really cool oh, that's awesome so with that we got um a free um thing for ohana link and it's really fucking cool so i think i mentioned briefly so ohana link is the entire company's name it was originally made for it was made during the pandemic originally made for people who you know couldn't you know reach out couldn't Mm -hmm. see their family members when they're in the hospital that type of stuff but then they realized how awesome it would be to have this for dv survivors so yeah the way ohana link works you download an app called kapua and it is a full-fledged coloring game like little like literally you can choose colors color whatever and then you go into the into um you you'll click like get more patterns And you type in a code, and if you type in the wrong code, it just says, a thing pops up saying, oh, warning, like you have the wrong code, Um, try the code MORE22. So you type in MORE22, and more coloring pages pop up. So it just looks like a normal coloring app. However, if you're contacting a DV agency, which you most likely will have to do through a hotline, which is really scary, but your only initial would have to be through the hotline, you would get an individual code, set up your account, and when you go to get more um, coloring pages, you type in your account, and then it unwraps the wrap of what Kapua is and then you are entered into the Ohana Link webpage That's or awesome. like Ohana Link app. So it's <laughs> essentially an app inside of an app and they actually made the full-fledged game that way an abuser can download the app as well and there's going to be no mm-hmm. you know it's just no... always going to look like coloring exactly. pages and oh, that's awesome. it's really cool because you can actually hold like virtual sessions emails and chats and goal planning safety planning whatever through that app um if it's like safety planning like not like okay you're in our shelter program that's how we're using to do goal planning mm-hmm. case management but like you're in an abusive relationship you're trying to leave let's talk through this app until you leave that yeah. type of thing oh, that's um, awesome. and it's really cool because you can send messages and then you can when you just send a message it won't alert them but then you can send a message and the way it alerts them is a notification will pop up from kapua game saying it's time to color it's time to relax come color oh, and okay. that's how it notifies them that there mm-hmm. is that someone sent them a message on the app and there's everything from like a checklist. Like I can go in, let's say you have an account, you're through, you're a survivor and you're going through trying to, trying to safety plan to leave. And I'm a victim service provider. I can go in on my end and send you a notification being like, Hey, we talked about safety planning in our last Mm -hmm. counseling session. Here's 10 things you should be doing. Get a copy of your birth certificates, get this, that, and the Mm -hmm. other that can stay in that app. And then the moment, you um swipe up like most people on iphones or even androids when you swipe up to clear apps the moment it swipes up it automatically goes back to the coloring game so awesome. you literally all had, if, if your abuser comes behind you, you yeah. just swipe up as if you're going to do something else. And it, even if they go right back, there is mm-hmm. no back button. There is no escape button. There That's is nothing awesome. like that. So it's all wrapped in this game. And so okay. it's, they're actually working on developing more games. So it's mm-hmm. a more wider, like, just yeah. think about it. Like I'm someone who don't I, don't, I never have coloring games on my phone. Yeah. So like, if you made like a Sudoku, mm-hmm. that would probably be the best bet. And like, it's definitely mm-hmm. very, um it's a really good thing. So I'm not sure how the general public can get to it. um It's a little more le- uh it's not really talked about widely um yeah. because it shouldn't be because yeah. then abusers will know but it's a very very good app so but that's you know, awesome yeah. i'm
0: so glad that they made something like mm-hmm. that, that it's incredible. fucking insane
1: so this would have really helped the person that we're going to talk about today um oh. she unfortunately had never gotten any out help through dv agencies i think because it was just a lack of knowing as well mm-hmm. as the legal system had failed her so bad that she didn't think that anyone else was going to believe her because so she is not a perfect victim as we know there the perfect There's victim no is things. someone yeah who you know i feel like we talk about this a lot in my agency right now it's like where people tend to look for the quote-unquote perfect victim someone mm-hmm. who you know has been with their abuser. I'm thinking of someone that we that we used to work with, who has been with her abuser for years. Has two yeah. kids with their victim, their their, their their abuser. Like there's physical abuse, but they don't have a job. They're a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. Like they don't do drugs. They don't have any criminal history. Like they are the perfect victim in a, in a sense that the only thing wrong with them is DV. Yeah. No evictions. No drug addiction. No alcohol yes. addiction. Nothing. But like then, that.
0: as to quote Olivia Benson, there's no such thing as a perfect victim.
1: Exactly. So <laughs> that's you know that's what, what people because look for.
0: Even though, like on the surface, like what you're saying, like that person who's considered. What would be the perfect victim in the eyes of the court? There will still be something. Oh no, one hundred percent. That's absolutely why. Like I so agree with that quote from Olivia Benson because literally, always it does not matter what a person does; they will always try to find a way to blame you. One hundred percent. And so you know, this person is definitely someone that
1: people could be like, "Oh, part of this is her fault," mm-hmm. and something that like she did something before the, her attack that. Mm-hmm people may be like this is her fault she shouldn't have done this and would have led to this but i want to put out there which bullshit. i'm gonna re- i'm gonna reiterate no matter what you do to somebody i don't give a fuck what you do to somebody you could throw something at them you could yell at them you could scream at them and spit in their face nothing you do to somebody is justification for strangulation for being mm-hmm. strangled for being punched for being hit yeah. i don't give a fuck
0: like you could literally say fuck your mom and like i hope she fucking dies and that still is not justification enough mm-mm. to fucking put your i literally on have like had
1: people be like i punched my abuser in the face and they strangled me i'm like that's still not a reason for you to be strangled no because why would you go from punching to strangulation yeah there's no there is the only reason i would say that was okay is if you're defending yourself against your abuser yeah And then it's like it's still fucked up. Which still
0: like strangling takes a really long time, so it's the most useless fucking thing. There, that's even why like I don't even think you could strangle someone in self defense because it takes so much fucking work Mm -hmm. and effort. Like that Mm -hmm. is a concentrated horrific effort to Mm -hmm. harm somebody. Like. If you were saying, like, there's no good reason to stab somebody, I'm like, well, you know, if you're yeah. in a, a self-defense situation, just, uh, I guess, stab pointy if you pointy. got it. Pointy, pointy.
1: There you go. Like, so, you know, yeah. I, I want to put out there that, like, I am I deal with people every day who say, maybe if I wasn't such a smart mouth, I wouldn't have gotten hit. Maybe if I mm-hmm. wasn't so obnoxious, I wouldn't have gotten hit. Like, none of this is your fault. If someone no. is choosing to go from zero to 100 and threaten your life over you yes. yelling at them they're the so fucking problem. This
0: is the concept of like I've had to s- explain this to people so many different times and that although I fucking hated this police officer when they were speaking at cuz I think I've kind of mentioned before that one of my very first jobs out of college was that I was a violence prevention educator. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I had to do was I taught a 40-hour training course for volunteers and staff Mm -hmm. members of this place to be rape crisis counselor trained. Mm -hmm. So I would have many different speakers come in. This officer was like an officer of a college campus. I never brought them back after Mm The one time I brought them in because they said a lot of victim blamey shit Mm -hmm. and just pissed off the whole room and all of us were irritated. But the only thing that I agreed with what they said was the concept of proportional violence Mm -hmm. or proportional response. Mm -hmm. So like if you're at a bar and someone spills your drink, it is not appropriate to punch them in the face. Mm -hmm. You will be arrested because that is not proportional Mm -hmm. violence. If someone punches you and you punch them back, that is Mm self-defense. But if someone spits in your face and you punch them. Not proportional violence. It it
1: reminds me of the um Mm -hmm. the it's in in criminal justice. It's called the 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 force, the the force continuum or something like that. Where it's like police officers, which obviously we know a cab a lot of them don't do this, but like you know they're trained to all right. If someone comes out with their hands up, then you're not allowed to tase them unless they run away. Yeah, you're not allowed to shoot somebody unless they have a weapon are shooting at you like there yeah. there is that that force continuum or continuum of force where it's like it has to reach that level to get to the next level like if someone just exactly. comes out with their hands up they shouldn't be shot now obviously that's a whole another yeah. fucking discussion about race and fucked yeah, up politics but... and institutional racism yeah. for a whole another day and we've already kind of gotten to that with the atlanta children murder case yeah but
0: but exactly yeah. so like in this concept like that's exactly i completely agree so like if someone literally punches you it is not proportional it's not a proportional response to choke them exactly i completely agree exactly
1: so just putting that forward there's gonna be a lot of discussions about DV in this case so you know please take care of yourself this is like a 10 page long case it's going to be very long um please just take care of yourself and even people who you know have struggled with addiction issues in the past there's also you know mentions of relapsing and stuff like that so please take care of yourself. If you don't want to listen to this, I understand. Um, we love you. Just, you know, be as good to yourself as you can. So... With that being said, um, Judith or Judy uh, Ann Malinowski was born on August 26, 1983 to Bonnie Bose and David Gorman. In the documentary about Judy called The Fire That Took Her, Made My MTV, Bonnie says that she was trying and trying to get pregnant and finally got pregnant with Judy. So Judy was like her like miracle mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. Uh, she said Judy was her best friend and such a light in her life. Judy was smart and kind and always cared about others no matter what she was going through, which as we'll find out was a lot at times. Um, Judy also had two biological siblings, Danielle and Patrick. Um, and Patrick uh had has Down syndrome. He is such a sweet kid. Mm-hmm. Patrick was um he always said that Judy was always there for him, like in times mm-hmm. of need, like always mm-hmm. was there, like gave him hugs and stuff. And he loves the Beatles. And so you know that song mm-hmm. where it's like let it be? He mm-hmm. would always sing that, but he would say, like, Sister Judy comes to me in times of need, saying, like, let it, whatever. Mm-hmm. So oh my god, makes me it's fucking so cry. He's so cute. fucking sweet. So as a young person, Judy participated in pageants and actually ended up winning Miss New Albany, which is in Ohio. So this is all okay. it is in Ohio. Probably there's an Albany, Ohio. Oh, yeah.
0: You said Albany and I immediately thought New York. New York. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, however, after she was um, after she won this Miss New Albany, she was also diagnosed with ovarian cancer at a very young age. So thankfully, she um, was she went to remission with chemo and radiation, everything, Mm -hmm. but found out in 2006 that the cancer had returned. Mm -hmm. So she then went through a full hysterectomy to get rid of the cancer. She did, however, have two kids before this hysterectomy to a man who ended up cheating on her. Um, So I think that's where I think that's where the name Mal Askew came from, because that's her kids last name, too. Um, so those kids' names
0: were- Side cave- note, that's very sad, but weirdly, like, very common that unfortunately a mm-hmm. lot of people who go through cancer, their spouse or partner yep. ends up cheating on them. Yep. What the fuck is that about? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It's because people can't be with people who are going through something major. It's kind of the same way, you know, not mm-hmm. the same thing, but when people come out as trans. Yeah. the people A lot of their pe- partners leave them. Like, they just can't so deal with up. the sickness or not saying being trans is sickness, yeah. but they can't deal with a major life change like that it's 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 That's hard. so dumb. Yeah. You signed up for someone's life. Exactly. So Unless they became a dick, what's the point? Exactly. So the two kids she had were named Kaylin or Kaylee and Madison or Maddie. So anyway, as a result of her surgery, she was in a lot of pain. So like normal people are, she was prescribed mm-hmm. narcotics. Yeah. Um, She took them as prescribed, but eventually became addicted to them unfortunately. Which as is we see, very, very, very easy
0: to do. Yes. This is why I'm like, as someone who struggled with substance use disorders stemming from mm-hmm. Narcotic usage. I am 100% against you like the prescribing of narcotics for pain management. Mm. And I really wish more states would be prescribing like cannabis usage mm, for agree. pain management. I agree. Ugh. I agree. It's like. Yeah. At all. my soapbox sorry guys no you're good you're no. good
1: so um judy actually approached her mom at one point telling bonnie she felt like she was being addicted, getting addicted to them and her mom told them you know just take them as prescribed like it's just take them as prescribed
0: but it's still introducing it into your body though yeah
1: i don't think the- her mom realized no. how bad it was because a lot of people don't like no especially, you know i feel like a lot of times especially when it's a you know judy was a white woman who had two yes. children who had a successful life like when you see someone mm-hmm. like that like you're not going to think oh they're a- they're an addict exactly you know as well I mean?
0: as i think there's also because of all of what pharmaceutical companies have done to try to make narcotics seem safe when they genuinely are not. Mm-hmm. Everybody perceives it wrong that mm-hmm. they think like, oh, well, you can't become addicted to something that's prescribed to you. Exactly. Yes, you can. Yep. And
1: it's just like how people yeah. that, that there's a whole reason why mm-hmm. they're narcotics. There's yes. a literal like literal bottle that Des had when he yeah. was on his said opioid, like, opioid, like yep. be careful. Even like with mine, I'm mm-hmm. on Vyvanse. Like that is a controlled substance because yes. it is an amphetamine. It is addictive. It's not an opioid, but it's but still it's, addictive. Yeah.
0: Like There's a reason. There's a reason that and they there ha- are changes that happen exactly. to you when you don't take it. Exactly. Because it does alter chemistry. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that like obviously... You taking your yeah your medication for ADHD and any person who has to do similar mm-hmm. things of that nature, that does not mean that I'm not one of those people that are like you know what would cure your ADHD take a walk or yeah, like no. you're yeah. you know what cures depression going outside mm-hmm. not any of that mm-hmm. but it does alter your chemi- yeah. your brain chemistry yeah and especially with something like narcotics that mm-hmm. it alters your brain chemistry and alters your body to such yep. a degree and how it feels of course you're going yep. when you finally feel euphoric or comfortable. And or you no longer have pain, obviously, mm-hmm. you're going to want no one wants to live in pain. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So
1: um, Judy's yep. insurance actually ended up running out while she while, while she became mm-hmm. addicted. So she wasn't able to go to the doctor to get more medicine. Yeah. So this is when she turns to the streets to get drugs. Mm-hmm. And it quickly went from pills to buying something a lot cheaper, heroin, yep. which we've seen time and time again. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So. I do want to note that there is a little discrepancy in the documentary. It was Judy did say that she went from buying pills on the street to buying heroin. Then she also said that her abuser started buying her heroin for the first time. So I'm not sure Hmm. if she wasn't specific about like, I wonder if her insurance ran out and she turned the streets because of him. Like, I couldn't really find that answer. That
0: or like they also do sell pills on the street, but it is really expensive. So you could spend all your money trying to get pills and then turn to heroin. So yeah.
1: she quickly became addicted to heroin because we all know heroin's, you know. Extremely addictive. Extremely addictive. And this was before fentanyl. This was before uh. all that. This was in like 2010s because yeah. this crime happened in 2015. So this was over mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Um, her mom said she realized Judy was a, she called it a binge user, meaning she wouldn't use all the time, mm-hmm. but she would go out and use large amounts at once. Oh, and that's okay. kind of how she would do it. Um, so thankfully, Judy ended up talking to her family and her friends and they were very supportive and very, instead mm-hmm. of being like, fuck you, this was your choice. They yeah. were like. How can we help you? They She oh, got good. the support so she, she had, needed. That yep. makes me really happy when yep. families are genuinely understanding. So she ended up going into a rehab center, which was nice. And good. then she was able to get sober and was doing very, very well. So during the time that she was getting sober, her oldest daughter, Kaylee, was staying with her mom, Bonnie, full time. And her sister, Danielle, was helping out with Maddie okay. because they wanted to choose. Yeah. She was like, I'm not stable right now. My daughters need stable support
0: stay with them and that's really sweet I'm really glad that as a family they came together as a unit it was a tight-knit family the one
1: thing though that they that I found in the documentary
0: that they didn't know that their mom was addicted to drugs which is completely understandable. They just thought she was, yeah, they, they, just they thought that she was sick or like exactly. she needed help. They probably, unfortunately, probably were very scared, but thought it was cancer again. Exactly.
1: So, um, her family said after leaving rehab, Judy was doing the best she had ever done. She was going to four or five meetings a week That's and awesome. living the best life she could with her kids. So I'm not yeah. sure if there was ever like a reunification, but I know it was like they if could it... have just stayed at present. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So after getting clean, Judy got a message on Facebook from someone she knew of, but wasn't ever close with. Okay. This man's name was Michael Slager michael slager sorry but everyone called him mike so he reached out to her letting her know he thought she was beautiful and that he always had feelings for her so
0: i'm so sorry like i'm sure there are many a beautiful love stories that start with i just reached out to them randomly but for some reason my brain immediately goes to like this guy's gonna be a fucking gross turd Mm, yeah so Mm he um began like messaging her all the time they
1: talked all the time and uh they began dating and Judy's family said once they went on their first date it was as if Mike never left Judy's side so this I don't like to that. to me and you as working in the victim services field is Sounds a like huge red, red, flags. red flag because a lot of time abusers will make themselves their victims entire world mm-hmm. so they have to depend yeah. on them
0: this almost reminds me of the conversation we had earlier today with me you and des were out playing cards and mm-hmm. we were talking about my ex and we were like oh yeah that was a red flag and i was like yeah there was a red flags yep. present i just yep. ignored them
1: a lot of love love bombing and even her mom quotes that is saying she was like there was a lot of love bombing that's so upsetting. Yep. and for someone like judy who's in recovery you know mm-hmm. she Going wants someone it. who want who wants her she well, wants to feel worthy of love, absolutely
0: and given what she went through being cheated on Mm -hmm. going through cancer all of these things however this is also why they say so adamantly you should not date within your first year sober yep because it's so easy to relapse Mm -hmm. when you're in times of stress and relationships although sometimes can be good stress a lot of them regardless. have bad stress. Mm-hmm.
1: So not soon after they started dating, Mike ended up reintroducing Judy to drugs. Oh, he would bring he them did. home for her, and she said upwards of he would bring home upwards of a gram of heroin a day, which Are is a, y- you shitting me straight up a, a day. So what kind of um, money do you have to throw around like yep, that? Mm-hmm. Yep, he would bring them home for her, and he was actually able to manipulate Judy's mom Bonnie into mm-hmm. giving him money for drugs telling her it was money for food or for bills but then would take the money he got and go buy drugs for judy um so her family said they knew he didn't do drugs but they did know that he would often date women who were in recovery so as much as i hate to fucking say it this guy was fucking calculated yeah
0: so he was a predator who knew when people were going through really troubled moments and would purposefully do this so wait did he use no he didn't use drugs but he dated women who were in recovery So this is the, like, the ultimate predator that he absolutely... This is not... Because, like, I've met, and obviously you have too, that I've gone through so many situations with clients who became victims of their abusers because they both had met in recovery. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't want to shame anyone and try to say that, like, Mm -hmm. you're going to meet bad people when you go into recovery. Not at all. Most people are in that same boat of, like, you're all just having a, Mm -hmm. a tough time. But for some reason... There are, I've met multiple clients who met their abusers in mm-hmm. recovery who then end up mutually ab- or who end up abusing them while also mutually getting them back into yes. drug use. Yep. Exactly.
1: So, um, you know, like I said, he's what calculated. He knew what he was thing. doing and he knew a vulnerable vulnerable population when he saw one.
0: And that he is was the like, evilest fucking thing to go mm-hmm. out and buy someone who's struggling mm-hmm. with substance use disorders drugs purposely to get them hooked and mm-hmm. fucked up so you can take advantage or hurt them. Mm-hmm i could not think of a more evil thing i am oh it gets so... worse it gets worse from there oh i'm so angry already. it gets worse from there <laughs> oh, so fuck.
1: and something else i found interesting going to kind of back a little bit was that when mike and judy first met her mom didn't like him he was he's a bigger guy he's mm-hmm. covered in tattoos so he kind of looked like a bad guy newsflash he is um mm-hmm. but he ended up going to her mom and telling her like listen like i'm a good guy like i'm a good person for your daughter and said something along the lines of jesus jesus didn't judge people so you shouldn't judge me
0: i don't give a fuck Mm-hmm. If that is true, I don't care what anybody says. If anybody came up to me and tried to tell me shit like that about my own kid or tried to tell me you're not allowed to judge me, blah, 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 I or even just that I'm good for your kid. You don't know. How mm-hmm. the fuck you know you're good for mm-hmm. my kid? Mm-hmm. I might know better because I birthed them or I mm-hmm. raised them or any mm-hmm. of this shit. Fuck you. Don't tell me and how to she, act as
1: a mother. And she like was like, you know what? She sat back for a second. And was like, you know what? I am being judgmental about your appearance. I'm sorry. Okay. And then, like, like the
0: appearance thing. Yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover, yeah. but also like sometimes a person knows and so she had mm-hmm. his number from the beginning 100 to definitely pretend like yep. he was a good fuck you I don't like when anybody's like I'm a good guy I'm like the second you say I'm a good guy you're, you're not, not a good guy
1: yep So due to Judy relapsing, he uh, Mike was easily able to pit her against her mom, um, talking to her mom about how weird he was about Judy and making her out to be this bad person who relapsed and being like, "Oh my God, like I'm trying so hard to help her, like she just get out of the the way help." Yeah, kind of like, "Oh my God, like I'm the savior. She's not taking my help." And then Bonnie did bullshit.
0: Bonnie did was like,
1: "She's she needs help. Like she she's not getting the help she needs. Whatever." So after her relapse is when the physical abuse began. So there were multiple calls out to Judy's apartment, but not due to Judy calling them. Mike would call them telling telling them Judy was out of control and in a drug filled rage. She, he also would be like, Oh, she took my car and she left with a hero report her missing. But in reality, he, she would get high, he would abuse her, and she would take his car to leave and flee. But he would report her missing, report her stealing his car, and be like, you know what? Actually, I'm a caring boyfriend. I just want her to get help. I'm not going to press charges.
0: I hope he falls in a pool of razor blades. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it gets worse from here, too.
1: Oh, I'm angry. So, um... You know, this was a very calculated move, like I called him before, because they painted himself not only as the concerned boyfriend, but as someone who cares, not the abuser.
0: Or even that he's the victim, that she's Mm -hmm. going through all these drug-fuel rages and stealing his stuff. He's the Mm -hmm. saint for staying with her when she's so sick.
1: Exactly. So um, in the documentary, there's a detective who literally says that he's um he's seen this happen before i mean and i see it all the fucking time we recently had someone whose abuser went and got a temporary pfa against them after the victim filed an emergency pfa and never went to file the temp after the epfa expired so in the courts it just looked like that the abuser went and got a pfa and so therefore our legal advocates helped yeah. him and she was marked as the abuser in our system for a week and a half because he went first and filed because it's not like yeah. we don't know like if they just show up to yeah. court we're gonna fucking believe them you know what i mean yeah so, you know, That's abusers so are beginning upsetting. to use the system against their victims, whether it be That's on the court or the law That's because the system
0: was department. always set up in a way that yep. was never to protect victims. Exactly. So mm-hmm.
1: in the documentary, one detective mentioned he had actually talked to Judy um, shortly before this major incident, and she had seriously mentioned to him that, he, that he, she thought Mike was going to kill her. The detective believed her, but as we all know, they can't do a lot with someone just saying that to them without proof of threats or physical physical assault. Um, because when Mike was physically assaulting Judy, she did tell her family that she was strangled, but I don't think she ever got a police report. So, like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that, like, all these calls, if yeah. you look at all the calls, there was upwards of 15, 20, 30 calls, but, it but all most of them the picture, were from Mike.
0: Yeah, it paints the picture of her being exactly the problem. Exactly. So now that we have some
1: background on Judy and Mike, I want to talk about the real reason I'm discussing, you know, Judy and Mike as a whole. We're going to talk about August 2nd, 2015. So before we get into it, I want to you know reiterate a huge trigger warning for the rest of the episode. We're going to talk about you know murder, domestic violence, bodily injury, burns, uh, arson, that type of stuff.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: So on August 2nd, Judy had been getting ready to go to a rehab center to get sober. She got a call from a rehab called Parkside saying they had a, bar- a bed available. And this was like a little bit pricey, but her family mm-hmm. was like, go we'll get sober. It. like yeah. We'll help you out. So for some reason, um, you know, so she accepted the bed. And for some reason, Mike was like, hey. I'll bring you i'll bring you i'll bring you to rehab hmm. so i'm not sure why she didn't ask her parents but i'm not and i'm not blaming her for what no, happened she
0: probably also felt like she couldn't say no.
1: exactly probably because you know that's abuse she, exactly. yeah
0: that's what they do yep and yeah. her mom actually said that
1: um that judy would often would try to go to rehab to get away from the abuse Mm -hmm. so like i said like you said i think the reason she said didn't say no is because she felt like she She couldn't say no yeah exactly so on the way before bringing judy to rehab on the way mike stopped by a local speedway to grab a carton of cigarettes and by the way everything i'm about to say is on footage from an atm from a bank right across the way from where the speedway where mike ended up parking so all of this was on videotape just putting putting this fucking finally um yes so they got to the gas station, and both of them got out of Mike's truck. Um, they began arguing, and Mike ended up calling her a bunch of names. Judy got mad and threw her soda in his face. Like, not just the cup, but not just, like, the soda, but, like, the cup and everything. Like, if I, have like, yeah. had my wallet come this next to me, just literally fucking threw it, at, yeah. threw it at him.
0: So, so note though, I've always wanted to throw a drink in someone's face. Right? I don't know why. Right? Like, So Mike then goes to his car, grabs a red
1: gas can and pours the entire can over Judy's head. It goes (gasps) all down her back and into the back of her jeans. So she's wearing a underwire bra, tank top, jeans and a backpack on her back as well. So it goes all down her and she even testified that some of it got in her throat while he was doing this. He then goes back to the car as if he's about to leave. But the last minute um, goes back to Judy with a lighter, lights the lighter and lights Judy on fire.
0: Oh, my God. So
1: she says that she remembers being set on fire. She remembers how it felt. She remembers looking at him and screaming for help, asking for him to help her. Um, But she said that um, she just started rolling on the ground while screaming and she just looked at Mike. She just looked at him and he was just standing over her. And we'll talk about like more details about how Mm -hmm. she felt during this when the trial happens. Um, since oh, this happened at a busy, bi- busy intersection, the way that yeah. I can describe this is the intersection, you know, where we live, there's two big circles yeah. where the McDonald's is and the giant is yeah. done. That's kind of how the intersection was, it okay. was like a gas station. And there's a bunch of like, it was two busy mm-hmm. streets um so because it was a busy intersection people noticed right away and also it's at a fucking gas station yep so people ran over um this is when so once people started running over to her this is when mike ran over to the gas station and grabbed a fire extinguisher to try to put judy out
0: so he was not attempting to help her in any way shape or form until others could see him
1: so i, I literally cool. wrote i did want to note that mike's defense harped on this a lot but he only went over and got the extinguisher when people started coming over to him
0: yep so he wouldn't have helped yes. unless other people were there exactly. and also like you can't claim that you were too panicked when you were the one who set the fucking fire. Exactly. And we'll talk. There's the story he tries to paint about why this happened. Oh, you're a hero. I tried to put her out, though. You lit her on fire in the oh, first place. Oh, about how did. she got
1: lit on fire. The story he paints about that is, oh, bitch, you're going to even fucking matter. Okay, I'm just going to sit here for a second. <laughs> so as all this was happening, people began calling 911.
0: 911. one
1: Yes. <laughs> 911 um <laughs> to report someone being on fire and, and in one woman's 911 call she says that she saw a man light a woman on fire. Now the documentary actually starts out with this that, 911 call. Okay. And the operator's like, "Ma'am, I need you to quiet down. Like yeah. what are you saying? Like pl- like I feel like people 911 operators get a bad rap sometimes because yeah. like they're like calm down. I need to hear but yes. like That's what they need need to do. Yes. They need
0: to be able, not only do they need to get the most amount of information possible from you, which you cannot do in a state when you are panicked, which I also would be frustrating because there's nothing more frustrating than being told to calm down when you're not calm. Yes. Um, But also at the same time, I think in like situations like this, they need that kind of like it to be audible or something to be able to be understandable for court cases. Exactly. So once a police arrived on scene, they're shocked by what they discover. They
1: think they're yeah. coming to the Speedway gas station to treat someone who got a small burn from letting a cigarette while pumping gas, or like something like something of that. Which nature. is
0: common, but yeah. also like don't fucking do that. So That's instead, don't do
1: that. they find Judy Malinowski laying in the grass with burns to majority of her body. Mm. So they work. Uh, they work. They quickly. They quickly worked on getting her into the ambulance where they would rush her to Ohio. Uh, I hear you. I uh-huh. hear ohio university wexner medical center here doctors and nurses didn't think she would survive the next few hours yeah in the in the documentary judy's nurse stacy best talks about how badly judy was burned she is quoted as saying i've seen plenty of burns to her degree i can't say i've seen many that survived past a few days in the burn world we have an equation for morality which is based on the patient's age mortality mortality
0: yeah you said morality
1: mortality yeah mortality yeah which is based on the patient's age and percentage of burn. In Judy's case, she was 31 and approximately 80% burned. So that oh. made her m- mortality at 110%. Oh my god. So due to this, they had they called the family really quickly yeah. and they first called her mom, being like, "Hey, we need to intubate your daughter. Do you have any religious reasons not to?" Like, which I get why they did that. Like, it's, I'm yes. glad they did that because that could have been a oh, whole, yeah. you know. And her mom was like, "No, of course." And then she like hung up the phone and was like, "Wait, intubate." Mm-hmm. Was like, what the fuck? So she immediately yeah. freaked out, called Danielle, Judy's yeah. sister, and was like, we gotta go to the fucking hospital. Yes. So when Judy's mom got to the hospital, she didn't just see Judy as she didn't like the way she described it was that she didn't see Judy as Judy looked as she was burned. Like what okay. she saw was her daughter. Like her okay. baby.
0: Yes. But also, quick side note mm-hmm. or quick question. So I'm sure you're going to get into it. Was he arrested by this point or was he at the hospital too? Both at the hospital. He's arrested at the hospital. We'll get to that in like a minute. So he got to go in an ambulance with her? Not with her, no. Okay. I'm don't. i don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because that would piss me off to no degree to try to sit yeah. there and claim. Be like, I'm her boyfriend. Can I go well, with her? You so, lit her on fire, well, so you So here's fuck. the
1: thing. So not only, like I said, did Judy get brought to the hospital, but so did Mike. Because apparently he, he got some burns some on burns. himself yeah, when he was from- either lighting her on fire or trying to extinguish yes. her. Either way, he was a few rooms down from her. And, her, okay. and Bonnie, Judy's mom, actually went into his room first being like, where's Judy? Do you know what happened to Judy? Like, what
0: happened? And then... The, so she... She didn't know he, what, no, what had happened. No. She had no idea and mm-hmm. walked in like he was innocent and yes. had no idea that this person just yes. tried to brutally murder her baby.
1: Yes. And then the nurses were like, ma'am... And the yeah. nurse and police were like, ma'am, get out. We'll show
0: you to your daughter's room. Because they knew... No, like, she should have had the opportunity to stab that man in the face. Well, she didn't fucking someone No, but someone should have gave her something that, like... Have kill fun. him go ahead um go i'm ahead. not looking i'm not looking whatever I happens now, i don't know
1: i'm gonna look um, that way mm-hmm. so like i said before when she went to judy's room all she said she saw was her daughter she's like yeah i didn't see this burn i didn't see this burned woman in front of me i just saw my baby yeah but apparently it was so severe that her when her sister came in her judy's mom remember remembers looking at judy and then looking, hearing a bunch of commotion behind her turning and looking and seeing her other daughter standing five feet behind her mm-hmm. projectile vomiting in the hallway because of how yeah. severe her sister was burned. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so at the hospital, <laughs> nurses and doctors worked tirelessly to try to save Judy, immediately intubating her and working on dressing her burns. So in the documentary, one of the detectives showed the clothes that Judy was wearing when she was lit on fire and said, when they got to the hospital, they didn't have to cut off her clothes because they, they were burned off. off of her. Yeah. He showed pick, uh, uh, her bra, like, and yeah. it was two bra halves, two cups. That was it. Yeah, that it just... The rest was melted off. Like, underwire was melted. Her backpack was fused to her back. That's how badly she was burned. Um, So the detective also said he hadn't seen... When he came in to talk to Judy, which he ends up talking to her, like, a minute or two after Mm -hmm. she comes into the hospital before she's intubated, before Mm -hmm. she's, like... Put into it because she's put into a medically into his coma. Obviously. Yes. Um,
0: For the, her comfort.
1: Probably. Yeah, the detective said he hadn't seen trauma like that to a human body that wasn't deceased.
0: Yeah. Um, and I know I'm talking a lot about how badly she was burned. I'm not trying to be graphic. And no, I'm not trying just, to, you know, you need to understand the scope of this. Yes. So this completely makes sense as to why you were talking about like proportional violence or proportional yes. reactions having a drink thrown in your face is not a reason to literally throw gasoline on someone and light them on fucking
1: fire yeah and the reason also i'm talking about how badly she was burned is that i want you guys to be as angry as i was and when i was watching this documentary i literally had to pause and stop because i was getting so upset and so like understandable hurt by it just by watching it like it's insane and you know i i was really debating in the in the pictures if i wanted to put a picture of her after she was burned but because it's all over the internet but I'm not sure if I really want to do that because some people could see that as you know promoting you know yeah. trauma trauma porn whatever. Yeah. Um. But it it was severe enough where like it looked like she didn't have a nose. She had no ears, yeah. um,
0: no hair, like no mm-hmm. eyebrow. It was it was it's bad. You know what it's I mean. It's per- It's lifelong injuries for, that oh, yeah. a person caused oh, you. Oh yeah. Which I'm sure that's probably not how it's going to be, but uh, I think. Probably later in this, we're going to have to have a discussion about attempted murder versus mur- or actual murder and how they don't oh, we'll get throw there. people in jail long enough. Oh, oh, oh you're going to be mad when I talk about his sentence oh, for this. Oh, no. So as, ju-
1: as Judy is in the hospital, you can't because you're a co-host. Oh, um, as Judy is in the hospital, before um, detectives begin questioning Mike, the lead detective wanted to ask Judy a couple of questions. Now, this required medical team to bring her out of sedation, but the de- detective wanted to make sure he got what he needed from Judy then. So he could get what, so he could make sure, like you know,
0: that he's not getting the story yes. twisted firsthand well, from the also, fuck ass who did this. They didn't know if she was going to survive, exactly. So they yeah. needed
1: to kind of get a yes or no for her. Yeah. That way, if she died, they could be like, no. And they got it on body yes. cam footage, which, in the documentary, they have a lot of footage of the. They have literal body cam footage from the day of in the hospital. Him talking to Judy, and then them talking to Mike.
0: They have like actual body. Do they body show cam. the her them yes. talking to her? In- yes. Oh, I don't know if I could ever handle yeah, watching it's, this it's documentary. P- it's pretty bad. It's pretty oh, bad. It that was sounds it was too graphic for me. It's it's pretty graphic,
1: yeah. Um, so blah, 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 blah. So he bent down and was like, Judy, can you hear me? And she mm-hmm. nodded her head like the the slightest nod. Because think about it, You're she's burned so top pain. down. Burned yeah. top down. And this is literally God. not even six hours after you got burned. He said um, she asked if he had she had spilled gas on herself, which she shook her head. No, No. he then asked if Mike had spilled gas on her. And in response, she said she nodded. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you might be asking, like, you know, why was she asked? Why was he asking her these things?
0: Because they probably didn't have the video footage yet. They did. Oh, but they needed a confirmation. He had to get this info because Mike was
1: claiming that she spilled gas on herself. So now the video
0: footage clearly showed she didn't, though. Yeah. So why do they even need to ask? I think your eyes work. Just to, they, they, I guess
1: they, they wanted to make sure. Okay, this, this put all case your ducks in every row. And dry. Okay. That way they could get this motherfucker. I guess. So yeah. now mm-hmm. the detective had heard from Judy. They went a few doors down and started talking to Mike. Mm-hmm. So as Mike is talking to the detectives, he paints this following story. This is gonna be frustrating. So <gasps> wait until I'm done with this this paragraph. Okay. Before you before I have your reaction, I'll let you know when you can react. Okay. Mike says that Judy did indeed throw pop in his face and then spit in his face. He claims that since she ruined his clothes by spitting on him and throwing soda on him, he was going to pour the gasoline on her just to ruin her clothes. Now question me this, answer me this. If you want to ruin someone's clothes, why the fuck would you pour gasoline on them? First of all. Um, Mm -hmm. And also he, he then claims that in the 30 seconds, 32 seconds to be exact, that he went from pouring gas on her back to his car He claims in that 32 seconds that they calmed down enough, she calmed down enough, and that they made up enough for him to not only, for her to not only ask him not to leave, but to bring her a cigarette and light it for her, knowing that she was covered in gasoline. Now, once again, riddle me this
0: if someone had just poured gasoline on you, would you ask them to light a fucking cigarette for you? No. Thank you. Also, if you just poured gasoline on someone, why would you? Why, would you ha- do that? why wouldn't you have enough wherewithal yeah. to realize like that's a bad idea? So a story is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. One, two. <laughs> to ruin someone else's clothing, why would you have to pick a f- highly flammable, very toxic fucking thing to do that? Why wouldn't? It there's- almost- it almost, so it's, many almost, other- it's
1: almost like I would rather have him come out and reached and, like, ripped her fucking shirt off of her. It yep. still
0: would have hurt. She yep. would still be alive. She'd still be alive. You'd still be ruining her clothes. Also, you're fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You're shit. You're absolutely fucking shitting mm-hmm. me. If you think that it's a good excuse to sit there, oh, she ruined my clothes, so I want to ruin hers. Mm-hmm. Are you a toddler? Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly, yep, yep.
0: Are you a yeah
1: So police obviously know, you know, he's lying.
0: Mm-hmm. And regardless of how he's
1: telling the story, they arrest him on felonious assault and aggravated arson charges. Now, I'll explain why they arrested him on this and not mm-hmm. attempted murder in, in a little bit. Yeah. So in Ohio, the definition of felonious assault is as follows. It means that someone knowingly causes serious physical harm, to another person or an unborn child or causes or attempt to cause serious harm with a deadly weapon or firearm. So that means, you know... The
0: gas is, yeah. and fire is definitely yeah. a deadly fucking weapon. So then <laughs>
1: aggravated arson is defined as... Um, it's, it says that no person, by any means of fire or explosion, shall knowingly do any of the following: one, create a substantial risk of, of physical, seri- uh, f- serious physical harm to any person other than the offender; cause physical harm to any occupied structure; create through the offer or acceptance of an agreement for hire or other consideration a substantial risk of harm to any occupied structure. So essentially, being like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't like you're, you're doing, you're committing this arson knowing that it could hurt someone. So they charged him with these two crimes, which in Ohio, get ready for this, if he got convicted of, would only result in 11 years plus two for incarceration. So once again, mm. we see how the system fails victims and don't, doesn't give them the justice they deserve.
0: I highly agree with the point that was made on Morbid. Why do we treat attempted murder... Like it's not something you should definitely be in jail for Mm -hmm. just as long as murder because you were absolutely trying to murder that person. You just didn't get it fully right. Mm -hmm. You had every intention to harm that person. Mm It's the same as, like, conspiracy to commit murder. I feel like conspiracy to commit murder, you get more time than you do for attempted yep, murder. Definitely. Which makes no fucking sense to me because mm-hmm. there was a physical act that had to happen for the attempted murder yep. t- murder to happen. Yep. Whereas the conspiracy, like, is still fucked up. You should absolutely be mm-hmm. thrown in there because you were absolutely going to kill that person, but you got caught. Mm-hmm. Why is attempted murder any different mm-hmm. in sentencing than conspiracy to commit
1: Yep. I don't fucking understand. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about Judy before we get to the trial. So obviously Judy was burnt very severely. So due to this, she actually ended up being in a coma from between seven to eight months. I saw seven months somewhere. eight months. (laughs) Understandable. Even this shocked doctors as they weren't expecting her to live more than a few hours after being set on fire. Yeah. During this coma and after waking up, Judy had upwards of 60 surgeries, including skin grafts that ended up failing, to try to improve her quality of life. Yeah. She also had to deal with excruciating dressing changes, which was due to her not having a top layer of skin protecting her nerves. Mm -hmm. So every little breeze, fiber of dressing, and movement she made, her nerves were exposed to without any covering. I commend
0: people who work in the burn unit mm -hmm. so much. I feel like that would be the most horrifying job to have because all you're doing, even when you're doing something to try to help them, is constantly putting someone in pain. Pain. yep
1: so now that we talked a little bit about judy i know it's kind of a quick like blurb yeah. but there's not a lot about her recovery medically just because there was so much stuff that failed and didn't yeah. work and also noting about this she was also on a constant stream of very heavy narcotics yeah. and Her mom said, even on the best of days, when she was heavily medicated, she was in excruciating pain. So, like, think about every single she. Mm -hmm. I said eighty percent of her body in the documentary. She ended up testifying that it was ninety-five percent of her body was burned, third degree. So ninety-five percent of your body, your nerve endings are showing. Yeah, every little thing. Even me sitting here as I'm moving my hand and talking, that would be excruciating. For someone whose nerves are exposed. I want to talk about Mike's trial for felonious assault and aggravated arson. If I talked a little further, it would kind of ruin the timeline Mm because, like, it goes, like, fire, like, arrest, recovery, trial, kind of recovery, death, trial. Like, it it, it bounces back and forth. Okay. So... Like I said before, Mike was charged with felonious assault and aggravated arson. The state could have chosen to charge him with um, attempted murder, but that meant the state would have would have, have the to burden prove, of prove his that intention he meant yeah. for Judy to die when he lit her on fire. So uh, I don't think there's any other intention there, but right. all right. Yeah. So instead of risking not having him convicted and get yeah. jail time, they just were like, you know what, let's take the L as much as it, sh- it sucks. Yeah. And do this. Because also, you know, as much as, you know, they didn't want her to pass away. They, they they knew, they knew it was probably happen. going to happen so um mike originally entered a plea of not guilty claiming and sticking to his original story that during the 32 seconds he was away from her they made up and he accidentally lit her on fire
0: there's no accident mm-hmm. to that and also like mm-hmm. even if you made up you're the fucking idiot that would mm-hmm. hand someone a cigarette in the first place yep so it's still the same thing you yep. fuck ass because you're the one who purposefully threw mm-hmm. gasoline on a person
1: so the assistant prosecutor warren edwards at the time however mentioned that he was like judy can refute that Yeah. Judy can tell you can testify against you. And the only question was, was she well enough to testify? Mm -hmm. So the defense didn't think she would be well enough to testify. But right as they thought that her condition got better. She like it wasn't like go home get better yeah. walk around but like enough where she could like not be in a coma and be good. Yeah. Um. Her mom thought it was um honestly just because she wanted to tell her story and honestly good. I agree. Yeah. Because how many times like I tell people like even you know a mm-hmm. recovery like Des is having like you need to be positive. Yeah. Because if you're positive if you if you see that light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. your recovery will go
0: better. Also like you never know how much strength mm-hmm. it could have been to her to be able to finally like. Mm-hmm. To give him the consequences he fucking deserved. Mm -hmm. So once the defense realized that Judy would be willing to tell her story from her perspective in front of a
1: jury, Mm -hmm. they talked to Mike and essentially told him if Judy testified, the jury would hate him. They also said that if Judy testified and she ended up dying due to her injuries, that that testimony would be able to be used in her murder trial, which would essentially guarantee a guilty verdict. Good. So they were like, hey, bud. Fuck you. Don't fuck this up for yourself. Mm-hmm. So due to this, he changed his plea from not guilty to no contest, which essentially means he accepted the conviction, saying that he thought the state had enough evidence to convict
0: him, but he but didn't. didn't admit yeah, any guilt. guilt.
1: Yeah. So this not only pissed off Bonnie and Judy's family, but the judge. There is
0: guilt there. Yeah. Fuck so you. the
1: judge said this after sentencing Mike to the maximum she could for the charges. Mrs. Bose was correct when she said this girl has a life sentence. The pain inflicted by the burns, there is no pain like that. And you've done it and you haven't been sorry. You've done all the things that clearly show what a despicable individual you are. Mm-hmm. And I see your records, so I know you have a history of domestic violence. You have a history of menacing. You really do seem like one of those people who that has no soul and you need to be incarcerated. And that's all I have to say. Take him out. And that—and then with that, she, she was yeah. dismissed. Her. Yep. And so I do want to know, I, I'm trying to figure out he his record i showed you briefly in my notebook <laughs> yeah. what it looked like um i did take a picture of it i don't know if i still have it or not um I don't, I don't think i wrote it down but his record was like insane like how long okay so his record he has five charges of theft uh, nine charges of domestic violence two charges of menacing one charge of carrying a concealed weapon four charges of aggravated menacing one car one case of false police reporting four cases of assault one case of inducing panic. Two cases of uh, sexual battery, one of which was originally rape but pled down to sexual battery. Two um, things of resisting arrest, one thing of petty theft, two things of endangering children, one disorderly conduct, one stalking, one ag- aggravated burglary, two breaking and entering, one receiving stolen property, one bad checks, and he also had a charge for not registering as a sex offender when he moved.
0: What the fuck? That's his, that's his criminal history. That's a fucking monster. Yep. Also, side note, because of that, like, boss-ass judge, there are times where I would love to be a judge. But I would absolutely never be allowed to be because oh, yeah. I would swear so much. Be like, you fucking dickwad. Do mm-hmm. you think that that works? Like, I don't like Judge Judy by any means because, you know, I, we're not politically the same. Mm-hmm. And also, I think she's kind of like a bitch in a knowing way. <laughs> not like in a yeah. funsies way, but like a yeah. bad way. Yeah. But like, that would be me just sitting there and be like, do mm-hmm. you think that story was a good one? Try again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try again. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So this judge also looked over the prosecution during sentencing and told them she blamed the legislators for not being able to sentence him more for the crime he committed. And I mean, this judge was furious and I think rightfully fucking so. Mm -hmm. So this asshat barely got any time for the horrendous thing he did to Judy and Judy didn't agree with it either. She told her mom that she felt like the system was failing her yet again, but because with Mike pleading no contest, it meant that she wouldn't have an opportunity to testify and get her story out there. So she wasn't able to testify in that trial because he just pled no contest and whatever.
0: Fuck him. So when I
1: agree with it, and I think it's shitty that she didn't have the opportunity. To, he shouldn't have had that opportunity mm-hmm. to even do that. I think it's shitty. She didn't have the opportunity to tell her story during that trial. Now, hold on. I want Was to remember that. she not that. allowed
0: to do a victim's impact statement?
1: I'm not sure. I didn't I didn't see a lot of information Well, even about that.
0: so, if it's a victim impact statement, yeah. it's not the same as testifying. Yeah.
1: Like. So I also want to remember how I said that. Yeah. That trial. Testifying at that, that trial. trial. Because oh, unfortunately, no. there will be another one. Oh, no. So Judy didn't get to testify in criminal court against Mike. However, the prosecution didn't want the only thing at, ju- at Judy's eventual homicide trial to be Mike's story. Mm. The only issue here is that there hasn't been a case law in Ohio or at least in the entire United States, to my knowledge, that allowed it allowed victims of crimes
0: to preserve their testimony for the eventual homicide trial. So, yeah, yeah. that would be mm-hmm. the only thing I can think of was like there are deathbed um mm-hmm like testify or mm-hmm. testimony and things like that when they know someone is definitely dying mm-hmm. immediately but mm-hmm. they've never it's not it's not, not court it's for like no. a, it's like yeah so yeah
1: so this is when ron o'brien a franklin county district attorney fucking genius mm-hmm. came up with the idea to utilize ohio civil rule 27 okay. a rule which allowed testimony to be preserved of people who were injured in insurance related claims such as claims related to asbestos or fire related injuries so O'Brien went up. in front of a judge and put his reputation on the line to get Judy's testimony preserved in a way where she could actually testify at her own murder trial. And uh, the judge ended up ruling that she could. Good. So the ju- uh. the defense ended up, like, disputing it, mm-hmm. being like, well, my client has a right to confront his accuser and cross-examine her. Blah, 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 blah. However, the judge wasn't having it, and he was like, mm, pause there, motherfucker. You yeah. did have the opportunity in your previous criminal trial. You chose, you chose not to chose have not a to... trial. Yeah. You chose that shit. So with that, the long road of, ju- mm-hmm. of weaning Judy off narcotics for her pain to be loose yeah. enough to testify yeah. began oh. so it was a grueling and long process especially considering her past as an addict the yep. burn nurse who, who i'd mentioned before mm-hmm. i think her last name was best who worked with judy said she was on a lot of medicine as most victims burn victims are but even more so with her having substance use is, is, yes. addiction issues <laughs> yes um so judy was in horrible pain with the right amount of pain medicine but now that she had to decrease that amount and to be looped, uh, lucid and competent enough to testify, she was. it was excruciating. But Judy knew she had to do it. She was like, no, I want to. Even mm-hmm. though she, there was literally yeah. a video of her saying, like, it hurts so bad. Her mom's like, you're getting five milligrams of this. And she's like, but it's not enough. Yeah. Like, there's a video of a her saying that. Yeah. But she still went through with it because yeah. she's like, I need my story to be heard. Yeah. So the night a before strong woman. So the night before her deposition, O'Brien, Ron mm-hmm. the guy who yeah. originally came up with the idea, got nervous and almost pulled the plug and was like, I don't know if she's willing to if, if this if this is right to do this. However, this didn't sit right with Warren Edwards, the guy I mentioned before. Yeah. He went to the hospital the night that Ron O'Brien was like, I don't know if I'm gonna do this, and mm-hmm. took his phone out and looked at Judy and was like, What's your name? And he, she's like, my name is Judy Malinowski. And he's like, all right, do you want to testify tomorrow? She goes, yes, I want to tell my story. Yeah. Record it and sent it to O'Brien being like, this, this bitch is ready. Yeah. Like she's she ready. wants, She's ready. Yeah. Which I was like,
0: yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Warren. Love Someone it. Someone in her corner. Yes.
1: So And this was enough for O'Brien. He's like, all right, done and done and done. Okay. So I do want to note that Mike wanted to be there when Judy testified. And when I say be there, I mean in the hospital room. Not only to see her testifying, but so she could see him. No, that is absolutely intimidation. So fuck you. He told his lawyers that he wanted to cross examine her himself and said, quote, she won't
0: lie if I'm in there. You just admitted to intimidation or Mm -hmm. trying to intimidate a witness. Mm -hmm. Are you fucking kidding Mm -hmm. me? You absolute shit dick. Mm -hmm. Do you think. Mm -hmm. I hope someone fucking smacked him with a literal law book. Mm -hmm. Be like, no, that the judge literally stood up. Took a law book, hit him straight in the face, be like, do you <laughs> think? Be like, how are you so dumb? Mm-hmm. Are you oh, fucking yeah. kidding me?
1: Yep. So thankfully, the judge wasn't having any of his bullshit. And nope. Was like... Mm-hmm overruled no so he wasn't even allowed to be in the courtroom for the deposition and the judge really? also made sure that no one not even a nurse could be in judy's room during the entire deposition because yeah. she had to be by herself which meant, of course but, which also meant her mom couldn't be there
0: yeah no one could sucks, be there it sucks that no one could be there to support her but also there is no argument that could be had that anybody influenced her in any possible mm-hmm, way exactly because she was alone So um, Judy's testimony is actually out for everyone to see as it's public record. So it's
1: about three hours long to an hour and a half, three hours long, um, which with half of it being pretty much cross-examination. Yeah. So I watched some of it. And the part that got me the most was how she described Mike when he lit her on fire. Mm -hmm. So she said as he lit her on fire and then backed away as she was screaming for his help, she said his eyes turned black. Now, I don't know if anyone not in the victim service field has heard this before, but this is something I've heard from people say about their users, like, their eyes turn black. I have heard that multiple fucking times. Oh, yeah.
0: I can say as someone who remembers these instances, Mm -hmm. it's like they go dead behind the eyes. It's Mm -hmm. like... That's the only time where I can genuinely say that I understand what someone tries to describe when they talk about someone being possessed. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say that people who are abusers are absolutely possessed mm-hmm. by demons. You know me. I'm not a very religious yeah. person. Yeah. But, like, it is terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they are no yep. longer human. Yep. Um, And this is something, like I said, I've
1: heard people from...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've heard people... I've heard from people saying about, like, you know, their abuser hitting them, strangling them, or threatening yeah. them with a weapon. Like, I literally not even a month ago was like heard didn't intake with someone and they were like he was strangled me and her his eyes were black like which i've we've heard before yep um so the prosecution then asked judy a bunch of questions about the day she got lit on fire but unfortunately so did the defense so oh i'm
0: sorry to interrupt and go back again that kind of reminds me what if their eyes are black because their pupils are so dilated because they're so excited by what they're doing that's i think what it is that's fucking horrifying that you're such a monster you're so excited Mm -hmm. to harm another person yeah i
1: think that's exactly what it is I think that's exactly what it is. That makes me want to bomb. Yeah, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. So um, when watching Mike's lawyer question Judy, it almost seemed to me like he was trying to make her out to be unreliable and forgetful. Of course. But I mean, come on. She like... Because that's he, their only defense. He was asking her yeah. if she remembered getting dressed, what she was wearing, or where she went to do drugs before Mike picked her up for rehab.
0: All little things that I probably wouldn't okay. remember a week from the now, drugs, and I wasn't burnt. Well, I can understand somewhat how they're doing that of trying to make her seem unreliable one that's ridiculous no who even knows what they ate for breakfast most of the time i can't
1: tell you what i ate for breakfast yesterday
0: yeah like i'm sober
1: and guess what i'm not burned on 95 percent of my body exactly so like
0: i get that part of it but i think it's also not even just trying to make her seem unreliable because she doesn't or say Mm -hmm. she doesn't have that great of a memory but i think it's also so that I think lawyers do this sometimes where they ask innocuous questions that pretty much kind of mean nothing. So then they could lead up to saying a really fucked up question. And then you're going to think it's not so fucked up because they just Mm -hmm. asked normal questions before that. Exactly. I think it is fucked up and inappropriate to bring up. Mm -hmm. Do you remember your drug use Mm -hmm. before this? Because, again, you're trying to paint her as this drug user and that somehow she's Mm -hmm. deserving of what happened or that she was complicit. It's Mm -hmm. not on her. Yep. Someone lit her on fire. There's Mm -hmm. nothing she could have done that would have deserved that. And so Jody let him know that due to
1: the trauma she went through, she didn't remember things as she wished she did. But this also made him ask if her memory was affected. So, of course, it was. I mean, she remembered big things like, I don't know, being set on fucking fire. Yeah, that's how trauma works. I do have to say that Judy did a wonderful job telling defense as she remembered the events of the day, but didn't remember the, quote, many details as she called them. And the way that she Mm. said it was very, like i'm sorry sir i was lit on fire i remember that day but i don't remember the vivid details of everything because i was lit on fire yeah like like that was kind of more important for my brain was very like well said and very Mm. respectful but very like fuck you asshole i love it she's a much better
0: person than i because i would have absolutely been like yep how about i light you on fire and see what you remember yep so this entire deposition took about three hours Mm. so after this bonnie
1: came into judy's room and judy just like bonnie said judy just like grabbed her to the best she could of her like physical limitations Mm -hmm. and just like held onto her and just, like, shook like a leaf and started sobbing. Because oh. was
0: three hours of being cross-examined by this defense lawyer who's, like... Who's trying to paint the picture yeah. that this is somehow your fault. Mm-hmm. And knowing that all of this is because the person who did this to you is trying to get mm-hmm. away with it.
1: Yep. After the deposition, Judy yeah. ended up medically taking a turn for the worse. And everyone around her was like, it was because of the questioning. And yeah. honestly,
0: Probably. I don't blame them.
1: Because, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot. And, you know, jo- uh, mm-hmm. Judy started talking... Stress is
0: really, mm-hmm. really bad for a person in mm-hmm. a yep. very horrible medical state
1: so judy started talking about how the pain was a lot and she didn't want to fight anymore Mm -hmm. now the tricky part about this was that they couldn't do anything to compromise the eventual murder trial because if they did this let's say they tried to do an operation and it went and Mike wouldn't be able to charge with murder because technically she died because of the, the operation. operation. Yeah. So eventually she was moved from a, from the hospital where she was getting medical care to a care facility where all medical treatment stopped yeah. and was essentially brought hospice papers. Yeah, um, just like the ones just to make her comfortable. Yeah. Um, so her mom refused to sign them, but Judy was like, "Mom, like let me, like let me go. I, I, I'll sign them." Yeah. Judy signed them herself, yeah. and her mom said that normally Judy, even though her she had her one of her arms was amputated, she only had one. I think it was her right arm she had still but it was like half of her fingers were yeah like burnt off Off. essentially yeah um she would try to grab the pen normally and sign her full name but she was so like broken down and so tired that she just wrote an x where she was supposed to sign her name like yeah she couldn't even make the effort to sign judy to sign jm literally just an x that's all she signed
0: i've had Um, a few clients that yeah i've actually had a couple of clients that because of tmi Mm -hmm. and like or not TMI, uh, TBI. So traumatic brain injuries mm-hmm. literally couldn't and all yep. they can do is sign an X. Yep,
1: exactly. I think she was too tired to try. You know, yeah. she reali- she was realizing Which her time was coming to an end.
0: And honestly, she, you know... Everybody deserves to die in dignity. And I'll yep. be honest as someone who has to see this happen all the time because like I sp- mm-hmm. mentioned previously on here, I work in a nursing home. One of the things that hurts my heart the most, I understand that it is incredibly hard to watch a person you love die. But if someone is in pain and or Mm -hmm. their life is no longer they no longer have a good quality of Mm -hmm. life i don't think that it is wrong to allow your family member to do a dnr to go on hospice Mm -hmm. or to do whatever it is to make their last of their days comfortable instead of because we have one uh -hmm. client currently that i'm really upset that i feel very guilty for this person because the family is doing everything they can to think of that They think of as life-saving or Mm -hmm. Mm life-prolonging treatments. But really, it's just impacting and making the rest of the quality Mm -hmm. of life he has horrible. Mm -hmm. Like, to kind of explain or, like, not to go into too much, like, HIPAA or things like that. Like, if you get a feeding tube put in or, like, Mm -hmm. a tube put in, a GI tube, it's never coming out. So you can't eat food anymore. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How is that a good or fun rest of your life? If you're someone who enjoys or loves food and you Mm -hmm. can never eat food again, you're going to be miserable. So, like i understand from judy's mom's perspective of like you don't want mm-hmm. this person you love so much to go but mm-hmm. also you have to think about what they would want yeah and how they would want to live or yeah. what would even be comfortable mm-hmm. well there was even
1: a point where mm-hmm. judy's sister danielle was like i feel like my mom was being selfish yeah because she was like judy was in so much pain and my mom just mm-hmm. wanted her to keep living for it's her it's the same with like animals like
0: yeah. my aunt recently like lover to death like they they had to recently put down their dog which was very sad i'm very sad about mm-hmm. that dog's death but also like her quality of life was horrible mm-hmm. she was 12 years old mm-hmm. she or, or i think more than that she was like 16 she was an mm-hmm. old tiny dog who literally like nothing mm-hmm. nothing was okay with her anymore mm-hmm. like none of her quality of life was good anymore mm-hmm. so it was completely understandable to say like it would be selfish to continue letting this dog live
1: definitely 100 percent yeah so, um Judy ended up actually passing away on June twenty seventh, twenty seventeen, almost two years after being set oh on fire. God. Two years she two years like this. she
0: was in excruciating pain. Yes, two fucking years. Oh my god. And I
1: honestly think that she she actually passed away a month. Was it was a month or a little bit I I f I'll I'll get into it later before a law was passed on her behalf about D V victims. She passed away right after that was passed through the house. In Ohio so I think she what? waited until yeah. her story was out there and until this law started to yes and
0: other people could be protected yep
1: so oh. with Judy passing away um her her murder trial began Mm -hmm. mike was charged with two counts of aggravated murder with death death specifications and two counts of murder so he was charged with aggravated murder which i didn't know aggravated murder was a thing Mm -hmm. but it's it's essentially means that he was charged because he was committing aggravated arson at the time of the murder as well yeah so um judy's mom actually ended up going to every single hearing including one that was just held to see if he would be able to wear a suit to his trial she said that She went to every single one because if he was there, she wanted to be there. So he knew that Judy was still fighting through her.
0: Absolutely. As well as I want to look that Mm -hmm. motherfucker in the face and be like, I will never forget what the fuck you did. Mm -hmm. And I hope I haunt you, bitch. Yep. So despite this, the entire time
1: Mike maintained his innocence and demanded trial and didn't want to settle. So obviously- You know, unfortunately,
0: I fucking hate him. I hope mm-hmm. someone kicks him right in the dick. <laughs> yeah.
1: So obviously, and unfortunately, Daily. he had a right for his day in court. Oh yeah, and the prosecutors does, knew this, him. so they decide if he wanted a trial, okay, we'll motherfucker, him a trial. We want the death penalty, bitch. I am not for <laughs> it, but right now, yep. just do anything to fuck with him. I don't care. Yep. So even with this, Mike was like, "Fuck it, I'm still innocent." So he tried to plead no contest. Once innocent,
0: judge... yeah, he he he, he yeah. thinks innocent. I want. Again, I want to throw dictionaries at him. Mm. What do you think the definition mm. of that word is, you fuck
1: ass? I, you're saying a word. I don't think you know what that word means. Exactly. Um, <laughs> he tried to plead no contest once the judge ruled that Judy's testimony would be heard by a jury. But the prosecution and family wasn't fucking having it. They wanted no. a guilty plea. Uh-huh. Mike wouldn't do it. And he he said this to his lawyers. Uh, and I quote, I can't say I did this knowingly. I won't admit that.
0: What did you think was going to happen mm -hmm. when you fucking threw gasoline on a person and then you came out with a lighter?
1: Mm -hmm. So with that, his defense decided to do something a little out of practice, which is what I would call they end up bringing in Mike's daughter to the jail for a visit to talk to him essentially into pleading guilty. So she would be able to visit him and he wouldn't be put to death. So after this talk with this kid,
0: he's like, oh, yeah, because he's a selfish fucker. Yep. And it's not about what's right or wrong. It's not about doing the right thing. It's not about being honest. Because he honestly, clearly was intending mm-hmm. to harm her. It was because he's a selfish fuck mm-hmm. who just wanted his own ends to mean, mm-hmm. Which is literally like, I just want to see my kid. Yep. So I fucking hate him. with this, the death penalty would be taken off the table and he mm. would instead
1: be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Now, I wish he would have gotten the death penalty personally. Like I I'm. It's a very... I wish it was legal to kick someone in the dick repeatedly every day. <laughs> it is legal. It's le- technically it is legal. It just can't be court sectioned.
0: Um, well, it's not legal. If I was repeatedly physically harming someone in the dick, just, I'd probably get just, arrested It's eventually. just in the dick just i would love that you know how they're always just like oh it's just a woman you only just murdered a woman oh i just only yeah. kicked you in your dick yeah but like it's just your dick it's like not like it's not like i hit something important exactly okay.
1: so now i would now you know i wish you would have got the death penalty and I, this is a very big gray area for me like there's some yeah. cases where i don't believe in it but there's also like i'm very tit for tat when it comes to crime i'm very eye for an I'm eye sure. like that's yeah. how i'm a very like if you fuck me up i want to fuck you up one of those things you know what okay. i mean so mm-hmm. it's not a steadfast thing i'm not saying i believe in it i'm not saying yeah I'm for i am very a case gray based. area
0: for you for it but i i don't know like i'm so torn between the like i want you to suffer forever mm-hmm. and like have to live all of your days suffering knowing what you did mm-hmm. and like being genuinely punished for it and sometimes i think like death is too simple a punishment I agree. but then there are other times that i'm like this motherfucker don't deserve to live i don't yeah. want them breathing the same air i breathe yeah so um but I also want to talk
1: about what Judy mentioned in her deposition. Um, okay. So, when asked what she thinks should happen to Mike if she died as a result of her injury, she said she would want to have life in prison because she didn't believe in the death penalty. So, so as much person. as her family, you know, when they were asked how they yeah. felt about the sentence, they didn't agree that he was able to, you know, yeah. be alive. But um, they agreed with it because of what Judy would have wanted. So, as of, as of right now, Mike Slaker is still in the Ohio prison system in the Southern Ohio Correctional Facility in Lucasville, Ohio so fuck you mike um so i hope other prisoners throw things at him every day right i hope they light him on fire Mm. um so once again tit for tat so (laughs) i wanted to talk about some positive things that have happened as a result of judy's assault and death so like i kind of mentioned before the first thing that judy was able to see partially passed was something called judy's law okay so as previously mentioned in ohio there weren't any laws or legislations to increase penalties for an offender if they maimed or seriously injured their victims however Judy's family had worked hard to get lawmakers to take what happened with Judy and make something good of it so other people wouldn't be as hurt by it, like wouldn't be as hurt yeah. as she was. So Judy's law was signed into effect on September seventh, twenty seventeen, but was passed by Ohio lawmakers just mere hours after Judy had passed away. Oh my God. So this law adds up to six years to an offender's sentence if they use an accelerant to harm their victims. So specifically when it comes to like fire, yeah. gasoline, whatever, rubbing mean, alcohol, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, something else that was done in memory of Judy was the founding of Judy's Foundation. This reminded me a lot of what Lorena Bobbitt did, like okay. founding, fr- yeah. like, Lorena's Foundation. Mm-hmm. And Judy's Foundation aims at working towards helping victims of domestic violence and human trafficking, as well as bringing awareness to drug addiction. They work closely with the courts and uh, first responders first responders on how to hold uh, repeat abusers accountable, as well as our work I- their work. As well as are working to bring Judy's law to a federal level, which I agree it should be.
0: Absolutely.
1: So that is the horrific case of Judy Malinowski. Um, rest hurt, in peace. Yeah, she is was an angel. She was gorgeous. She yeah. had two beautiful girls and, you know, she...
0: And was taken from these two mm-hmm. beautiful girls in the most brutal fucking mm-hmm. traumatic, traumatizing way
1: mm-hmm.
0: that... She literally was, like, given a death sentence Mm -hmm. from the moment that it happened, Mm -hmm. but still managed to fight and live two years from it. Yep. And this absolute fucking dog shit Mm -hmm. person still gets to be out there living and tries to think that he somehow Mm -hmm. didn't do wrong when literally there's no fucking way that you had any other intentions Mm -hmm. than to seriously hurt her, given your fucking history of DV and hurting Mm -hmm. other people, as well as what the fuck... Everyone knows what happens with fire. And especially when you add gas to a fucking fire. I'm
1: so angry. Mm, yeah. So I. I hate this So I, uh, I didn't tell Tay anything about this. No. Anything about this before I started this. So I. I, I So angry. Yeah. It was a pretty. The documentary. I watch it like three or four times over. It's a. <laughs> you should just bang your head against her mic. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> sorry guys. Um, but. <sighs> it's a very good documentary. I would say a huge trigger warning. It mm-hmm. is. One of the hardest documentaries I've had to get through, and that's me saying this, and I feel like we always say like yeah. I have a very strong stomach. Yeah. This I, I couldn't eat what watching this because it was so no. graphic, so vivid um so i'm not going to post pictures of judy on our instagram and our facebook and stuff just because i don't feel like that i don't feel right doing that yeah but it's all out there you literally search up judy malinowski and you can find her fucking picture she's out there um she was a wonderful soul and i'm very sad to see her go it's Um, tragic she
0: went through a lot of tragic circumstances mm -hmm. she did not in any way shape or form deserve any Mm -hmm. of the things that happened to her and Mm -hmm. i also hope that any person who is struggling with substance use disorders Mm -hmm. that is also in dv situations just because you are going through and, or just in general, if you're a person who struggles with substance use disorders, you are not a bad person. Mm-hmm. Doing, like, I had this conversation with someone I care about recently. Even if you are making decisions that you are not proud of or that you are not happy with due to your mental state or mind altered state because of those substances. You are not unworthy. Mm -hmm. You are not unworthy of real love. You are not unworthy of kindness. You are not unworthy of help. You are not an unworthy person. You do not deserve other people to harm you because you are doing things Mm -hmm. that you yourself may not be proud of. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that 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 a person who is on substances is allowed to hurt others or that is an excuse. However, I can say... As a person who is, struggles with these things greatly and has done many things while using substances that I wish I had never done, I am not a bad person because I had used substances or because I have struggled with substance mm-hmm. use disorder. No person is because of those things. Mm-hmm. Everybody makes choices. And just because you are a person who is struggling does not mean that you are actively choosing to harm other people unless you're a person who is literally actively choosing to harm others i.e like mike was you're Mm -hmm. not a bad person Mm -hmm.
1: exactly and
0: judy was by no means a bad person and did not deserve to be harmed by the person who is claiming to love her Mm -hmm. and who she did love yeah like
1: she loved him and he's he did this shit to her yep so you know it's definitely a heavy case and you know we feel for everyone we say this every episode but we feel for everyone out there who's going Mm -hmm. through dv who's going through addiction issues, yeah. substance use disorder, you know, we're here for you. We love you guys. Like there's hope out there. Like you are loved. There are people out there who love you, even if, mm-hmm. you know, cause I've heard time and time again, I'm sure you have as well. Mm-hmm. Like you, people call the hotline asking for shelter and you're like, what about friends or family? They're like, I have no friends or family. There is someone out there for you. Like there is someone, someone cares. who cares about you. Even if it's just a coworker who you see every day, mm-hmm. I have coworkers who, you know, I'm not necessarily friends with, yeah. but I see every day. And if they stop coming to work, I'd be like, Damn, what the fuck happened? Like I really yeah. like them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's always someone out there. Um
0: sorry guys. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, it was guys. It's a very heavy, heavy case. Yeah. But I hope everyone knows you are loved, mm-hmm. you're cared about, you are seen. Mm-hmm. And that I am so sorry if any of these things are stuff that you have experienced in the past or are currently experiencing. Mm-hmm. And that please reach out to literally either professionals or people you care about and you feel mm-hmm. safe with. Help us out there. People do care, Mm -hmm. and there are trusted persons you can go to. Exactly. So,
1: (laughs) With that, um, if you want to keep up with us, keep up with our bullshit and Mm -hmm. all of our other cases, you Mm -hmm. can follow us on Instagram at... Figures in the Dark. You can follow us on Twitter at... Figures in the Dark, but dark spelled D-R-K. You can like us on Facebook, share our page, send us a message at... Figures in the Dark. You can send us an email with your case suggestions, your spooky stories, your picture cat... Picture cats. Picture cats. <laughs> Only picture cats. <laughs> Pictures of your cats are mental health check-ins at figuresinthedarkpodcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to us on all major streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. So with that, we thank you guys for listening. And as always, beware of the figures in the dark. All right. Bye. bye.